Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond Growth Show. I'm here as always with the lovely Claudia Harvey. Hey, everybody. So really looking forward to our guest today, Claudia. Mm -hmm. We met her, oh, what, a year or two ago now? Probably a couple of years ago now when you first met her, right? So I met Tina through a mutual friend of ours, and she does do the wealth management as well. But I met her through our philanthropy efforts. So both Tina and I, um, Tina for much longer than I, are into philanthropy. And I wanted to find a local cause that I could get behind that was very community-based, but not grassroots-based. So Tina has a gamut of experience in the philanthropy world. And I met her probably two years ago, and I joined the One Life Gala Committee with, with the Princess Margaret Hospital here in Toronto um, to help with their fundraising for um, an area in the hospital that had to be revamped or wants to be revamped to help the families and their children with the, with the people that are going for cancer treatment. So, um, so through that, we got to know what Tina does. And in wealth management, I thought she should be a wonderful guest today. Yeah. And she also is a member of, or sorry, cut. And she's also an author in America's Leading Ladies book, which I'm also a part of, which is Oprah's also a part of, that I have to say. So uh, we also met through that and we had um, a book launch last March, right before COVID hit, which was really exciting to share that with her. That's awesome. So before we start, don't forget to like and subscribe our YouTube and Spotify channels and please comment and click the bell for any updates to the videos. We love to hear comments and feedback. Right. So, so before we continue, Claudia, we always like to start off with something positive. So let's give us something positive for today's show. So we have now hit the milestone of the end of January in 2021. So breathe out 2020, breathe in 2021 with a big relief. And a month has now passed. Um, so, you know, we're right into 2021. Uh, I have something, well, we have something extremely exciting to announce in a week's time. And it's something, drum roll please, we've been working on for the entire year of 2020. And I'm really excited to announce it. On a personal side, I am really excited to say that I have actually booked my very first vacation, international vacation in August of 2021. So I have a window in my mind of being able to be somewhere that's not my home, <laughs> not my city. So I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, God willing, we are able to be able to travel and safely travel by that yeah. time. Yeah, it'll be really nice when we can get back to traveling. Hopefully normal traveling, but any kind of traveling would be nice at this point. Well, and I just, I think... I mean, you and I, Craig, we love to travel. I think yes. so many people do. Some people don't, you know, it's not right. their thing. Yep. The people that have missed traveling, oh my goodness, we miss it. Like we really, truly miss it. So I was so happy to hit the go button and book the travel. So we have something and something to look forward to, which is always something I like. Yes, I agree. So you've known Tina longer than I have. So tell, tell us a little bit about Tina. So Tina has a background in uh, financial wealth planning, and she's been in that arena for thir over 30 years. Um, so a huge gamut of, of industry experience. She has a huge background in philanthropy as well, and a new master's degree as well that she can talk to us about. Yeah, and I, I remember we attended one of uh, Tina's events, 
And what I really liked about it, she used, she made it really easy to understand financial and the different areas of financial. And she used a stoplight, a green, yellow, and red, that basically talked to people about good investments from a tax side to okay investments to ones that are bad if you don't handle them wrong. Right, sorry, ones that are bad if you don't handle them correctly. Even investments that seem good and are good if they're not handled properly with proper planning, then they maybe become bad investments. And I'm not talking about gains or losses. I'm talking from a tax side. So using that stoplight in uh, green, yellow, and red, you know, so many people don't understand finances and especially then going from finances to taxes and then obviously into the philanthropy. So Tina really brings it all together, which is nice to see. Well, I liked when we first started to get into her world and understand what she does. She actually does simplify it. So many people don't think that they actually need some wealth planning because they don't think they have wealth. But that is actually wrong because the only way to actually start accumulating wealth and really positively um, uh, you know, accumulating uh, the different areas of your life is to actually start thinking about it. So yeah. she, she goes right back to the very beginning of how you can start to accumulate throughout the course of your wealth management and into estate planning, which is also really something that a lot of people should think about when they get to a certain stage. Right. And like we always say at BG, it's about getting connected with your money, right? Not being afraid of it because so many people are afraid of it because they just don't understand it. <laughs> it's the decision to sit down with somebody who understands it and can walk you through the process <laughs> so that you don't have to be afraid of it. You can get comfortable with it. And when you get comfortable with it, you really can, in most cases, start building your wealth. Well, and I think a lot of people think that they can do it themselves. Yeah. But it is just like, as she said, just like you go to a doctor for a certain specialty, right. you go to a specialist like Tina to understand what you don't know. Right. So you don't know what you don't know until you actually start talking to an expert like Tina. Right. Because there's so many great things that can occur through investing, obviously building wealth. But there's also a lot of pitfalls that if you don't know them, they can catch you out and you, you can be in a lost situation where being aware of that and getting connected and not being necessarily afraid of them, but being prepared for any pullbacks or anything that might occur uh, makes a big, big difference in not only how you can build your wealth, I believe, but also in your mindset around Sometimes you're going to be making money. Sometimes you're going to have pullbacks and recognizing that that's okay. It's part of the process. Mm -hmm. So I think it's completely appropriate because January is financial wellness month. Yes. So Tina is spot on with, uh, with the month theme. Um, so I'm really excited to bring her on. I am as well. Let's bring on Tina. Hi, Tina. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Hey, Tina. Hi, Craig. Hi, Claudia. I'm thrilled to be here today with oh. you. Well, thanks for joining us today, Tina. It's really nice to see you again and see you virtually, unfortunately, not in physical person, but it's really nice to see you again. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely wonderful to have you on the uh, show today. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Same here. Um, so, Tina, you are a financial planner. And today we're going to be talking about financial planning and wealth management. Um, so how long have you been doing that, Tina? Oh my goodness, it's getting embarrassing how long. <laughs> April of 2021 will be my 30th anniversary in this business. So it's been three decades already. <laughs> Time wow. flies. 
Well, you, started, we, you started when you were 10. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, or five. <laughs> so, so three decades of financial planning and wealth management. Now, some of our viewers may not know what wealth man- management is. So tell mm-hmm. us what it is. What is wealth management, Tina? That's a good question, Craig. A lot of people, when they think about wealth management, they only think about investments. Investments are a part of wealth management. They're an important part of wealth management, but that's not the whole picture. Wealth management goes way beyond that. It looks at integrating your retirement planning, investment planning, tax planning, risk management, and estate planning all together. So it's a very holistic approach to financial planning that looks into all the different aspects of your personal finances and makes sure that they're all working together for you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I would agree with you. Many people have a financial advisor, but they don't have the rest as of what you're talking mm-hmm. about. The, that really ties it together because there's so many differences on how you can affect your wealth, whether it be the tax side or um, how you invest, what you invest in, even whether you're RSP or not. So, I, I remember going to one of your events and mm-hmm. it was absolutely wonderful to hear you speak and the way you spoke you. about things that you typically wouldn't hear from an average financial advisor. So what are the three most important things that people should look at for choosing a financial advisor? Well, I think number one is the qualifications because unfortunately right now, anybody in Ontario could call themselves a financial advisor, but there are huge degrees of difference. So the gold standard of qualifications for financial planning is the CFP, Certified Financial Planner designation. So you should make sure that the financial planner that you're dealing with is at least a CFP. That means that they abide by a very strict code of conduct. They have been through a rigorous educational program and uh, are being monitored to make sure that their knowledge is updated um, on an ongoing basis too. Second, I think like any other professional relationship, it's a matter of personality fit. Just like when you choose a doctor, the doctors are all qualified. They have been to medical school, they're very knowledgeable, but one doctor you may not get along with at all and the other one you really feel close to and you feel you can listen to their medical advice right so it's got to be a good fit you're saying right absolutely it has to be a good personality fit and then and i know claudia talks about that all the time she Mm -hmm. talks about the fact that you know when you meet somebody whether it's an advisor or somebody you're going to work with there's got to be a proper fit so i I really like how you talk about that Mm -hmm. absolutely so that's crucial and the third one is looking obviously at their philosophy when it comes to wealth management and then the fees that they charge and all the other you know, uh, details that you have to be aware of when you start dealing with any professional. But um, those are the three top things that I think anybody should should follow. Um, and referrals are great. If you um, ask, if you're looking for a good financial planner, start talking to people around you and see who has worked with one that they're happy with. Uh, and if 
you are not successful finding a good financial planner that way, you can always go to the website of FP Canada, which is the regulated, uh, regulating body for um, certified financial planners and find a good CFP in your area and then make sure that they do specialize in what you're looking for because CFPs do specialize in different things as well, uh, just like doctors who specialize in different right. things. So if you're a business owner, you want to deal with a wealth advisor or financial planner who knows about all the details and all the intricacies of financial planning for business owners. If you're into philanthropy and that's important for you, you want to deal with a financial planner who is well-versed in philanthropic tax planning and strategies around that. Right. Mm -hmm. so, you know, Tina, I really like a couple of things you said there. One of them, well, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that you brought up was uh, a reference to fees. Over the last number of years, fees have become very um, talked about in the financial space. So I love that you actually talk about fees and bring that conversation mm -hmm. to the forefront. But also the fact that you mentioned identifying what type of advisor you need, whether it's business, personal, depending on your situation. Because I think in the past, far too many people have just gone to who their parents recommended or who a friend recommended. And just because they were good for them doesn't necessarily mean it's good for me. Very true. Very true. So you have to know exactly what you're looking for in the financial advisor that you want to work with. And that will help you narrow down your choices. Um, and then, yes, there's a big differentiation in areas of specializations that advisors have. Um, and that's very important to keep in mind. Um, exactly like the medical field, again, right. everybody is educated, qualified, they're all doctors. But if you have a heart problem, you're going to go to a cardiologist. You're not going to go to a dermatologist. So right. the right. same thing makes sense for your financial planning. Yeah. And I think the challenge is out there. Many people are afraid of looking at their finances or that's my experience in the past. What I've seen is people, they don't know. So they're afraid to look and mm -hmm. they really don't know what they need or what they're looking for. So uh, it, it's, it's nice to hear that you go through that process and help people identify what they actually need from from yourself or from an advisor. So can I can I reverse right back? Like, mm -hmm. When does a person start thinking about what your services offer? When they're young, when they're, you know, mid-career? Because I think a lot of people don't even understand when to even, they don't even think that they can or even are worthy talking about a, a wealth manager or a financial manager. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, the sooner you think about building good base for your financial planning, the better. Uh, truth of the matter is that for a lot of young people, they have a simple situation. So, which is why even robo-advisors could work for them. They may not need the services of a certified financial planner who specializes in dealing with business owners, for example. So, and why pay for the services that you don't need? So start with what you need, and maybe there are very simple solutions that do it for you. But as you age and as your financial situation gets more complicated, and you may become wealthy very young as well with several businesses, mm -hmm. usually 
complexity is what compels a lot of people to seek out professionals. Same thing goes for your tax situation. You know, if you're an employee, you just get a T4, you can do it, you know, using one of these tax offers. But if you're a business owner that has multiple entities that they own, you can't do it on your own. You need a tax professional to work with. So that's where really the value proposition comes in. And that's where the fees become justifiable. And that's why people are still paying thousands and thousands of dollars in accounting fees to good accountants, even though there are so many tax offers available that let us do our personal taxes with minimal outlay of money. It's just because the complexity is there. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you, Tina, there that, you know, it's worth spending the money to hire a professional. I, I believe that in all areas from being at a lawyer, uh, your financial planning, your taxes, because there are things that you overlook. And yes, these young people using these robo um, traders and, and what have you that they can use. You know, I've read a number of articles lately that the, the young kids today, and I shouldn't say kids, young adults today that are investing themselves into the markets, they've gone heavily into this tech stuff. And the tech stuff has really taken off. So they've made a lot of money very easily. Mm-hmm. But at some time, you know, the, the thought process is, is, is that that may pull back and mm-hmm. they could take some heavy financial hits because they went into something that they thought was trending and going to be the big thing. And it has been but they didn't really look at the overall plan which an advisor would do with them. That is very true. Uh, Things like diversification, risk management. I mean, when the markets are good, it's easy. Anybody can make money. It's really when the markets get tough and when you're planning for a long period of time that the value of planning comes in, the value of risk management, the value of diversification. And these are things that are not very easy to do on your own with a you know do it yourself trading account just because you know from a volume perspective it's not feasible to implement proper risk management techniques in that environment right right and and when you've got a tough market you know that's when you really learn your lessons right that's that's when very you learn true. and when we've got this market where um, youngsters young individuals are making money very easily. The concern is that they'll just throw more money in on it. And that's great. They're making money on it. But if it does pull back and they end up losing, they've got a lot in. And like you say, if they don't have that diversification, you know, they could be too far exposed in one area. And the downside also is that, and I've seen that many times during my career, young people who take large risks because they're young um, and it backfires because when you take a big risk, you may win and you may lose. You know, it's a, the proposition goes both ways. So when they lose, a lot of times that makes them shy away from investing for decades sometimes, and they miss out big time, Yep. you know, from that compounding perspective of their savings and, you know, being in good, consistent type of investments. Well, and I think that goes back to being able to trust the person that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Is if you don't have a synergy and some markets go bad and something happens, y- you don't have that feeling of uh, uh, that someone's got your back. 
But, but a good financial planner, a good person that totally understands your entire world will help you reposition that. Um, and a lot of people are conservative. Like you don't have mm. to be a risk taker. You can be in a conservative mode, but a financial planner understands that. What right. what type of appetite a person has. Yeah, and even, even, even talking with the clients about, okay, you know, this is, this is the reward, but there's also these risks. Mm. So when a downturn does happen, a client isn't shocked and surprised. Oh my gosh, what happened? This shouldn't have happened. You know, being prepared that there are possible pullbacks that could, you know, be temporary and then we go again, right? Exactly. I think one of the biggest values that financial advisors can bring to the table is really making sure that the clients understand, fully understand the risks of any investment they get into, because some risks are apparent and right. some of them are hidden. Right. And you will not know about them unless you're a professional who has gone deep and looked into all these different aspects. And that's really what you're paying for to get that sort of expertise. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Let, me, let, me, um, let me ask you, if I was a young person, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm not anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> I still look young. <laughs> um, what, what advice would you give to people just starting out, the millennials just starting out? Mm -hmm. I would say try to educate yourself. I think financial education is still weak in our schools and um, high schools and universities. So you have to do some legwork yourself. Um, and I'm a big believer in financial literacy because I feel the more my clients know about money, the more comfortable they will feel with their investments, the better they will understand the risk of whatever financial step that they take. And the easier it will actually be for me to work with them. Uh, I find it the most challenging to work with clients who know very little about money because they don't have confidence, they cannot make decisions, um, and they want to delegate everything to their advisor, including putting all the blame for <laughs> whatever yeah. you know may go wrong here and there. Um, but so financial literacy is the first part, and there's tons of resources available right now on the internet and you can seek them out. Second is trying to find a financial advisor that you can work with. And as I said, financial advisors come in all sorts of shapes and forms. There are many young advisors who are seeking out millennial clients. Mm -hmm. So look out for those type of advisors and also there are very seasoned advisors who are happy to work with children of their existing clients, mm -hmm. okay? So for example, in my own practice, I have minimum asset levels for new clients mm -hmm. to accept them as clients. But if they are the children of my existing clients, that does not apply. They could start with a $50 per month, you know, investment plan, and I'm happy to work with them because they are the next generation of right. that family. And I do intergenerational wealth planning. So right. I want to be involved with the children and with the next generation. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that totally makes sense because it's, wealth is a family affair. It, um, is. it is succession planning. It's, as you said, it's estate planning, it's tax planning. And 
often people don't know what they don't know until you actually start raising questions and you're like, huh, I never thought of that. (laughs) That is very true. Yeah. And, you know, it's really nice uh, to hear you talk about that, to to get the children in uh, as early as possible, because if, if the parents or uh, the people your clients are working with, they're happy with your service. They're bound to suggest their children come talk to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that all the time. And, you know, it's important that you get that opportunity to talk to a child as early as possible, mm-hmm. right? As early as possible. So they start thinking about their money. They start getting connected to their money. And as you say, they become educated because uh, in the past, as you said there, so many people just relied on their advisor to do everything. Where now we're starting to see... Uh, a bit of a shift. And I know we were just talking about young people there, but even older people who have been invested for a while, the the investing world has shifted and they may need to relook at what their plan was now and how it should shift, or how their plan was Very then and true. how it should shift. Very true. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't want to, I want to make sure that we touch base on something that is also very important to your life, which also has to do with, um, wealth planning. We actually met because of your philanthropy efforts mm-hmm. and we sure. were, intru- yeah, we were introduced by a mutual, uh, a friend of ours and you are huge into philanthropy efforts. You, you, you spend a lot of your efforts and time in assisting organizations with philanthropy efforts and also assisting your clients with philanthropy. So tell us a little bit about that. That's true. Philanthropy has always been a big part of my life. First of all, I'm a big believer in giving back to your community and to supporting causes that I feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that has been going on for decades in my life. Um, And I've gotten involved as a board member, as a volunteer fundraiser. Um, I've chaired many galas and fundraisers for different charities that I have supported. And the latest one that you and I met through is the One Life Gala for Princess Margaret uh, Cancer Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, So unfortunately, that gala was pretty much all planned out, as you know, and we were ready to go for our May 2020 date and then COVID happened. So it has been postponed to 2021. We're hoping to be able to hold the gala in the fall of 2021. I'm hoping. Uh, Of course, you know, we have to monitor the situation and see how things unfold with the vaccinations and uh, the uh, readiness of everyone to participate in a public event, but it will happen eventually. Uh, And I'm very optimistic that uh, life will go back to kind of what we used to know, maybe not 100%, but almost (laughs) at the end of 2021 or 2022. So uh, we still have intentions to hold that gala. It's going to be a luxurious event in support of the Magic Castle transformation, space transformation at the Princess Margaret Cancer Center. Yeah. And uh, will be held at the Four Seasons Hotel in Toronto. Right. So the so the Princess Margaret um, Hospital for for viewers and listeners that don't know Toronto uh, is one of the top five cancer centers around the world. Mm-hmm. So the One Life Gala that you are chairing assists the families of the the, the kids within the families that are, are seeking treatment to have a safe, wonderful, happy, positive space for the kids to be part of the hospital while the, the families are in cancer treatment, correct? Exactly, exactly. Right. It's a very unique program at Princess Margaret uh, and a unique space for children of cancer patients to be looked after 
uh, in a very supportive environment. Yeah, yeah, well, wonderful. So yeah, we're, we're very much looking forward to that being, that event coming on online again, online being live. I even had a dress. Yeah, we definitely look forward to attending that when it's up and running. So very good to hear there, um, Tina. So I, I want to shift a second. I want to shift a second. We hear that you collect art. Now, is this a hobby or part of your wealth plan? Like, what kinds of art do you get into, and how did you get you started? You know, for me, again, uh, you know, it's it's a passion, and it's it's more of a hobby, not so much as part of my, you know, uh, wealth diversification. Um, but I've always been interested in the arts. My whole family has always been interested in the arts, and. Um, my particular interest is actually in art by artists of the Middle East. And it started when um, my husband had a business in Dubai and he attended Art Dubai and introduced me to that whole world. Um, and I attended Art Dubai as well. And I was blown away by the art that was being produced in that part of the world. I mean, I love Canadian art. As well, I served on the board of the McMichael for seven years and chaired four of their, actually founded the McMichael Moonlight Gala and chaired four of them for them. Um, so I'm very passionate about Canadian art too. But, you know, I was born in Iran and um, that the modern art of that area is so expressive and really explores so many deep social and political issues that are seething in that whole region that it just blew me away and then that journey started so we started getting to know artists we, i you know we actually set up a foundation here in canada to help artists from the middle east kind of to introduce that art here um and um it's been a journey it's still continuing um, and, um, you know, my son was very instrumental too, because he, uh, is a very accomplished writer and he writes about art and culture, uh, for a lot of major publications. So he was also very much involved in all of these exhibitions and what's new in that world and, um, kind of introduced me and opened my eyes to what was going on. Isn't that great? I love it when you're you're in your life and you, you something unexpected like that speaks to you and you see something that just impacts your world and changes mm -hmm. some aspect of your life that you hadn't even planned on. Like you hadn't even mm -hmm. thought about it. And you're right, different regions and different parts of the world, obviously very different art. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's great that that happened to you. I think that's wonderful. That is really neat. Yeah. No, it definitely has enriched my life. I think um, art is wonderful, and uh, I do hope that after COVID, we can all get back yeah. to art galleries and enjoy the wonderful art and the exhibitions that we have in uh, definitely in the Toronto region. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm on your side with that, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you, Tina. It has been a pleasure having you pleasure. on our podcast today. And um, how can people get a hold of you? Well, uh, I guess the easiest way is to check my website, mm -hmm. tinateheranchian.com. Can you spell that, Tina? Because you're last uh, I know it's a bit long. So it's T-I-N-A-T-E-H-R-A-N-C-H-I-N. 
tinatehran.com, tinatehranchan.com. And all of my contact information is there um, and uh, they can learn more about my services, my background and different volunteer activities. Everything is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tina. That's great. Yeah, thank you, Tina. It's been wonderful having you on the show today. And, you know, as as we move through a, a number of topics there, and I, uh, I think the, the viewers definitely got some value out of it. We'd love to hear the feedback from them. But unfortunately, that ends our segment for today. And again, thank you, Tina, so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, uh, Craig and Claudia, for including me in this segment. Awesome. Well, before we leave, we always like to leave a quote at the end of each podcast. So quiz time. Who said this? And both, you know, Craig and Tina, see if you can identify who said this. So mm -hmm. here's the quote. Stop thinking about where your money can buy. Start thinking about what your money can earn. Any idea? Mm. Nope. TikTok. Not sure on that one. <laughs> J.L. Collins, he said that. So uh -huh. and I think it's very okay. important for today. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. So thank you again, Tina. And our next guest on the next episode will be Sean Moffat, a leading global authority, executive author and keynote speaker, passionate about customers, brands, technology, innovation, and the future will be another great event. Look forward to seeing you then. And Thank remember, you. everybody, please like and comment and subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that notification bell to update on our latest podcast. And it has been a pleasure, everybody. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.